That sounds good. That sounds very good. Um, hang on, let's give this a pause. Ah. Yes. We have christened, christened the episode. And so it begins. Episode begins. Welcome, everybody. Podcast. It's been a while. I think the last one was uh, probably some Formula One shenanigans that I've been doing with Dave. Um on and off, and then we haven't done much else beyond that, really, to be honest with you. We've done the odd thing. Well, I, I don't know anything about Formula One, so we're going to have to talk about something else. Shocking. Yeah, that's right. I think people will be enjoyable of that. My, my ratings have dropped uh, since I've been doing them, so <laughs> I don't think it's, anyone It's pretty them. niche now, isn't it, Formula One? Well, not glo- globally, I don't think it is. You're still talking, you know, pretty huge viewing figures on a global scale, but it's... Um, yeah. Is it still like pretty processional in terms of cars going around a track in an order and they don't really overtake <laughs> each other? Or have they sorted that out? Uh, uh, it depends on the track, to be honest with you. It can be like that, but um, it, yeah, it depends. I mean, this year we had 17 races. I'd probably say eight or nine of them were really good and the rest were a bit processional. So, you know, you feel like 50-50. But most of yeah. that's down to the track. I mean, once the cars get up to certain speeds, just due to sh- the sheer physics of what these things are doing and the aerodynamics and all, there's just not much they can do. I, I, my opinion is the racetracks are actually, like these cars kind of almost out, have outgrown a lot of these tracks that it's just, they need to be wider and crazier. And, yeah, you know, they're just too know. good, aren't they? Yeah, basically. I, mean, I, think, I think that's why like, a lot of people started moving on to things like super bikes and touring cars and, and things oh, like yeah. that because they're just a bit more um, exciting, I guess. You know, like a bit more... It feels a bit more risky in a way. Yeah, I mean, MotoGP is um, the best motorsport to watch because um, it's literally. Yeah, I mean, those those guys are insane. Yeah, like, I mean, it's yeah, it's all mechanical bonkers. grip for them though. That's the thing. It's literally all about mechanical grip, which means the aerodynamics don't come into it quite as much. Which means you can follow people and you know, and obviously the bikes are smaller, so you can overtake. You can take different lines through corners. It just yeah, yeah, it is better like that. But I mean, Formula One, they're trying to work on it. Twenty twenty two is going to be the year where they introduce these radical new cars in terms of how the aerodynamics work and all this sort of stuff, which supposedly is going to solve some of the issues, but. I don't well, know. Maybe I mean, I'll maybe I'll have another look in twenty twenty two. Yeah, what I mean they're gonna look quite futuristic as well, which is gonna look quite cool, supposedly. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I mean I don't know. We'll see what happens. But they're trying hover to hover really, cars. Blade run hover cars. Yeah, I mean yeah, that's yeah. the thing. I think they could go to really crazy racetracks with you know the cars driving up like ninety degree angled corners and just because the sheer aerodynamics they wouldn't fine you know it, it, they could easily do stuff like that but it's i don't know yeah there's a i think it's coming to a point where they need to start addressing the actual racetracks and the tires they just it's that's the main issue as well it's just one of those i don't know mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a whole thing i think i'm doing a podcast about it which no one will listen to but just think, talking about <laughs> um, talking about the issues with formula one and how to maybe fix it but um i wonder if they could do something with like with, with electric cars because well, they like do already Tesla's a, you know, they, they outperform almost all combustion engine cars, don't they, certainly in terms of acceleration. Yeah, well, there already so you is wonder. Formula E, which is happening, and they, they it happens okay. around in various different cities, and it's more like street circuits, and the cars yeah. um, fully electric. Um, up until a couple of years ago, they had to actually swap cars halfway through because the battery wouldn't last. So they, right. there was this comical bit halfway through the race where they come into the pits <laughs> and have to hop out the car and hop into the next car. And there was a whole like uh, 
technique and process to doing it as quickly as you could because obviously it was all coming against your race time uh wow. so that was really funny so some people had this thing where they could jump out one foot on the ground hop straight back into the other car jump in strap in and off you go in like you know 30 seconds or something so, so what were you watching that on was that just on the internet or uh yeah it's on i mean sky sports has it um but okay. they'll be on youtube and stuff i mean it's pretty cool i mean the cars are quite i mean they're not like formula one level in terms of speed but um it's all a lot slower and just a bit more you know and the the tires have to last a, a full race and so it's all very mm. environmentally friendly as well they're not wasting energy right. or you know supplies and tires and it's all very sensibly done and you know they, they want to be basically carbon neutral but then formula one's going to try and be carbon neutral by 2025 or something that's their aim so to right. like offset their carbon emissions from the engines into well, trying to offset it in other ways, but offset to honest, their uh, their jet set lifestyles as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're already. To be honest, Formula One engines are already some of the most efficient engines on the planet. Like they're just yeah. the efficiency numbers. Oh, it's get all, it's all the stuff that goes along with it, though, isn't it? Like all the kind of yeah, the kind of Monte Carlo, Monaco lifestyle, super yachts, and all that. Yeah, well, actually, and, you know, the, yeah there's, exactly. there was a crazy thing that that I saw the other day that was talking about. The, the super rich basically like the billionaires club and how much carbon emission they have compared to everyone else and their carbon emissions like the top 0.0001 percent or whatever it is their carbon emissions are greater than the lowest 50 percent of humans combined <laughs> yeah yeah that's not surprising private and, jets and like and private those, you, you know you're talking about people that need to make a difference in, in their lifestyle those people have really got to look long and hard in the mirror and just think my lifestyle is selfish and completely unsustainable and yeah but they're not i, do I it guess though, the, so. yeah the problem is those sorts of people are usually kind of egomaniacs and and uh you know psychopaths sociopaths who just don't really care yeah most of them um, the way they make their money is is in yeah. you know, very crushing, shady areas crushing other people the on the foot well and destroying the planet anyway whether it's oil yeah. interests or mining or whatever it is it's all that that kind of stuff isn't it so yeah um, it just i just thought it was a really fascinating statistic fracking and just shit, so. yeah, that, yeah i mean that's mad so, yeah. that's going to be a big carbon offset for formula one to get these guys to stop doing that yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, actually, Lewis Hamilton came out a while back and he's basically just said he's not, he's got this huge collection of cars and he's just like, I'm not driving anymore. That's it. He's just driving an electric car now and all this sort of shit. Really? So, yeah, he's That's trying good. to become carbon neutral as much as possible and drive pushing that shit forward. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy, actually, isn't he? He's, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I really like him, what he's, he's doing. He's a pretty decent guy. And he set up this foundation this year called the Hamilton Foundation, which is all about getting um, people in non-rich communities giving them opportunities in motorsport and i guess other sports as well i think primarily at the moment it's about motorsport but i think it's going to filter into other sports but just trying to put yeah. fund funding into these kind of poorer areas to give them opportunities to um get into motorsport if they want to kind of thing i mean it's yeah that's good isn't it because it's yeah. like especially the minorities it's so difficult for, for you know a lot of people in certain um, area like sectors of society to get into that kind of thing. Yeah, because a lot of people you know, don't understand his background. They just think they see him now and they're yeah. like, "Oh, this you know multi you know placed a billionaire," and he's like 
But he he came from nothing. His dad worked four jobs just to put him through his karting days, and you know they they yeah. had nothing. They slept in the car before races, and you know all this kind of shit. Mm. And you know plus all the racial abuse they used to get because they were the only black people in, yeah. in motorsport at the time, and you know, all this sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, they don't, they don't see that. Um, yeah, they don't really kind of ignore that part of his past which is a bit odd I, mean, I don't know he gets a lot of hate and i don't really know why it's just i think because he's so good and people, maybe people don't well i think you, pro- you probably summed it up there to him you know he's there's a there's a good proportion of society that that is still very bigoted yeah and, i think that's probably what you, it know, is. you just yeah. you just can't get away from that you know it's, it's something that's got to change and and it's a sorry state of the world that that's still the case in 2020. Yeah, and even the stand he was um, having, or the stance he was having with the, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and all this stuff, and he, he, I swear he was getting, it was like almost being frowned upon the way he was trying to push that into the public yeah. eye. And it's like, and he, he had to really fight to get a lot of the other drivers involved and like, the Russian drivers were just not into it at all, surprisingly. Surprise. They're already good on equality, are they? You know, a lot of God them wouldn't, wouldn't do the kneeling thing, which, I mean, I, I guess I, you know, it's their choice. But I, I so, think the kneeling thing is, is a slightly tricky one from, in terms of what that means, you know, in other sort of wider social connotations. Um, mm. Yeah, you know, I, that, I, I get that. But it's, I yeah, know, I mean, it's, it came from it came from NFL, didn't it? The, the take the knee, yeah, I think, Colin Kaepernick from right kneeling. Yeah, yeah but like yeah. you know, that has that whole you know kneeling someone has a you know very big connotation historically, and I know that there's a lot of people that, that didn't feel comfortable with that, which I kind of I can sort of understand. You know, I, I don't. Yeah, I get it, but that, I think I think there's other ways. I think there's like football clubs in the UK and stuff that have decided to do other other ways of, of supporting black lives matter and and equality stuff without necessarily doing that i think but um, also there is a side to it that it is a very powerful thing to do to kneel because of the history of the whole of kneeling in various yeah. you know um societies and stuff so that's i don't know and i do get why maybe some people would yeah see yeah see the it's difficulties a, yeah, it's a bit of a tricky one, but it's that. a very. I mean, I mean, they did it in the cricket and like in the England West Indies tour at the beginning of the summer when, and it was just incredible. Everyone in the ground was kneeling, just as a yeah. solidarity thing almost. And it was like it, it. I don't know. It was pretty special to see it. And and then yeah, while that was going yeah. on in Formula One, Hamilton was like battling to get even half the drivers to kneel, you know, and he he was pretty vocal about yeah. it in meetings. And I, I guess you know it's their decision. By the very fact of having that particular gesture as as the adopted kind of Black Lives Matter thing, it's like if there was a gesture that wasn't so kind of awkward, yeah, I don't know quite how to say it, you know, like not so controversial maybe, you know, if you had another another way of showing solidarity, which wasn't... Yeah, whatever it is, you know, it it just might be easier. What else is there That's it, what else is there? Wider. It's, um, how else do you i don't know yeah it's a tricky i don't one. know it's, it's a, a difficult one, one but like you almost think oh you know maybe maybe just something else that isn't going to upset people you yeah know, but who like, gives a fuck if it upsets people it needs to, that's maybe the whole point that it should upset people, yeah maybe you know? it's like maybe come on guys it's like anyway it's um yeah it seems to have fizzled out a bit which is a bit of a shame but i, I mean it's still kind of happening i guess in sport which i guess is an important place for it to happen but um, yeah like i say i think i think they're still doing a lot of stuff i'm not I, I, we're talking about sport my knowledge of sport is 
<laughs> utterly woeful yeah, great, unless yeah. it's snowboarding. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I think they're still doing stuff like that in the in the Premier League in the UK. They're doing yeah, various they kind of yeah. shows of support before matches and, and the like, um, as far as I know, anyway. You know, because that's always been a. I mean, football's always been a terrible hotbed of racism, hasn't oh, it? Well, they've had issues. Um, well, I can't remember what club it was, but they were kneeling and like the crowd were booing, and it was like fucking hell. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. And again, I think that, I think that there is a degree of that that comes from you know not not liking that gesture. You know, it's um, you know I've heard politicians in the UK that, that say that they feel uncomfortable with it because of the you know, the connotations. And I, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I just think, you know, in a way, if you had a, a different gesture that wasn't controversial, then, then you know, it would get wider support maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it would. I think people would always have an issue with something like that if there's, I think there's maybe, I don't know, whether the underlying bigotry there from them or whether it's yeah, just making Yeah, an and I think also it's a, it's a massive lack of understanding of what, Black Lives Matter actually means, you know, because there's that whole kind of stupid backlash against it, isn't it? You know, the kind of all lives matter thing. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, no, you completely missed the point. Yeah, you don't understand the content. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just it's so frustrating. And you just, yeah, it's just just people, isn't it? And ignorance. And I think it just highlighted yeah, actually how much racism still does exist in the world. It, yeah. This whole thing really yeah, has yeah. done it's, it. It's just like, oh, okay. It's terrible. I mean, it's it's, again, in this sort of day and age, You'd think we'd have got further by this point, but then I suppose in the sort of grand scheme of things, it's a relatively short space of time, isn't it? Like there's a there's a whole thing. Um, I mean, it's, I, I guess this whole conversation we're going to have today is you know a bit of a review of the year and talking about various bits and pieces that happened. But you know, one of the things that's quite interesting talking about that and, and taking it back into sort of the media circles is um, people like Dis- Disney and and. Uh, I think it's MGM, you know, they've put a load of kind of warnings and disclaimers on some of their older films yeah. um, because of their, you know, just social depictions in it and, you know, the racism and... Flash and Gordon, it is, it is, I you know, incredible, thing. isn't it? That within literally one lifetime, you know, you can go back and watch something like Gone with the Wind and it's it's awful. I remember yeah. watching Gone with the Wind a couple of years ago and, you know, because you hear about it, it's this like, you know, this landmark film and it's, you know, best film ever made or whatever. And you, I watched it. And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like this is so racist." Yeah. It's like it's not even thinly veiled. It's just open, you know, pro pro southern plantation racism. It's just like, "Oh my god." Yeah. So, but I think I think you put in the disclaimers on on films like that is probably the right thing to do, um, rather than so you know, kind of editing editing them from a um, a current perspective. <laughs> You know, because it's you've got to learn from these th- these mistakes of the past. I think rather than try and you know hide them. Uh, and there was one I literally read the news this morning. They're they're putting a warning on uh, Flash Gordon, yeah, yeah um, because yeah. of Ming the Merciless, yeah, yeah. <laughs> obviously being well. played by Swede. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, yeah, and again, I think I think that's probably the right thing to do. But yeah, it is fascinating, isn't it? Like like. Humans, humans haven't changed a lot evolutionary-wise for you know tens of thousands of years. You know, all our kind of most of our change recently has been from a societal point of view and a, and a mental point of view. You know, but in a lot of ways, we're still the primitive cave-dwelling creatures that we were thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, the hind brain still predominates, and you know, I think that's why things like prejudice are still rife in society, and also. 
you know the the kind of snap snap decisions or the the populist politics that you see around the world i just see that as a kind of a evidence of, of the primitive brain you know the tribal in action yeah that tribalism you know in times of difficulty people band together and dislike the outsider and that's been a feature of global politics certainly in the last couple of years but probably you know it's always been that that kind of cycle you know when things get difficult things get divisive and um you know look at, look at america, america i mean politics, this, yeah. this recent election has just been incredible i mean so so worrying you know so worrying that the way that a country can be so fractured like that um and what it means you know moving forward you know how many of those trump supporters will tolerate the changes that hopefully biden biden and um, kamala harris will make he's already been yeah. really pro environment which is great and announced all this stuff which i think is really good so that's, yeah that's yeah no i think that's something. fantastic you know but but uh, you know there's a massive proportion of americans still voted for trump in this recent election oh yeah how how are they going to how can they sort of start to wind back the damage that that was done in terms of the divisive hindbrain mentality yeah i don't know i mean it's going to take time isn't it and i mean, I yeah. mean the, the first battle they've got right now is trying to convince people to take the vaccine that's what they're really trying to push at the moment which i don't know yeah. how well and that's going to go they're all going on tv and getting getting the jab aren't yeah they? yeah to which show that it's safe but it, i think it's going to take a lot of people to be convinced i think so um yeah yeah, and I, and I, I think, you know, we've talked about this before. I've found this, you know, my, my day-to-day life. I'm out, out and about seeing various different people. And um, there's a lot of people I've spoken to are like, oh, I'm not having the vaccine. And I'm like, why not? It's gone through approval. It's gone through full scientific testing. It's gone through all, all the, you know, double-blind trials. Oh, it's too quick. It's like... Well, yes, it's been fast. People don't but understand, do you understand yeah. why it's been fast yeah. and, and how it's been fast. People don't and get how the approval the, process hasn't changed. Yeah. So many people have had the virus that there's been a massive group of people they can test it on and can. So it's, yeah, yeah. So that's, that, whereas that would normally you know, happen. Because like how serious it is, you know, one of the biggest problems they have in drug trials is recruiting enough people to get involved with them. Well, exactly, yeah. You know, to, whereas, and, yeah. And whereas this, it's like, you know, people have been volunteering left, right and centre mm. and they, they've had an oversupply of people that want to be part of the trials. So that was one of the big hurdles that's been sped up. And I guess actually, it's, you know, there's a huge pool of people that want to yeah. get stuck in. And it's so widespread as well. They're getting it from all swathes of different kind of... Um, people, countries, all that kind of stuff. So I guess that helps as well, having a massive different range of people that they can try out. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, that yeah, and that's, like, I guess that's that one of the. It's actually one of the things that gives me sort of some hope in humanity is that the scientific community is kind of global. They kind of yeah. really just ignore political divides a lot of the time. It's a bit like the you know the space programs and stuff. You know, yeah. even with all the political shit that goes down with China, Russia, and the US their space programs are largely in collaboration you know european space agency china you know they're all in communication and and uh you know share knowledge and and uh data and personnel and all that kind of stuff so that that does give me some hope for humanity that science can kind of unite the world it's just it's just trying to get past this kind of post fact thing that that again you know the hindbrain tribalism has put us in 
you can say what you want as long as it's on the internet and then it's true you know that's just crap oh that's the thing a lot, just, i think a lot of people think that if it's on the internet and someone's written it down and then it is automatically true it's like well yeah no, yeah fucking like, idiot can... uh, a lot of a lot of time and respect for the fact checking people out there that are <laughs> yeah. you know trying to trying to bring some kind of sanity back to this whole conversation you know the idea that science is wrong and bad is just oh it's yeah. <laughs> so frustrating Ridiculous. but yeah yeah what a year it's been eh yeah, crazy man, crazy. What a year! Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, part of it I've quite enjoyed because it's been quite nice. Just for me, working from home, I've quite. I think I've actually got I'm outside more, and I don't know. It's weird, but then obviously there is a flip side to it with all the yeah, pain and you're suffering. Lucky, and death. I, I mean, I, I've, I've been I've very lucky this year, largely. <laughs> it's been a, it's been a fairly fairly poor year with one well one upside, one obvious upside. But I mean, it's been a long time since obviously we've done a podcast, and well, yeah. I think the last one we did was obviously just before just before our daughter was born, and yeah. and um, <laughs> slightly early, and, and threw everything into into slight disarray so yeah dave at some point we must do your top 10 yeah, um, yeah. we must do those also rounds he's probably still faffing things, yeah so yeah i still there's, I there's loads that, i can't but... remember where my fucking list is and then i need to rejig my list a bit because i forgot about um paul simon. yeah you've got to put paul simon back in there <laughs> yeah so somebody's got to fall out but oh, God, yeah they, they were really fun but yeah this this has been a hell of a lot of water gone under the bridge since we chatted before um a lot of stuff happened in the kind of media world and films and all of that. So yeah, that's yeah, interesting. A lot, there's a lot to dig into. Even what, in what like things to... like well, stand-up comedy's changed massively to people doing trying these online things and like drive-through or drive-in like movie theater drive-in, but having that as a comedy thing that's been quite interesting to see how the American comedians I follow on Instagram, Facebook, and stuff okay. have been trying to keep their careers going and. Um, a lot of them have taken it online and started doing Instagram little bits and it's been quite interesting in that sense and then obviously the movie industry how they've adapted and you obviously had Disney um, putting their stuff straight onto Disney Plus like Mulan and charging people a lot of money for it which I still haven't seen actually but um, I've, I've seen Mulan now because it's um, it's free to watch on, on Disney yeah. Plus now oh, we really enjoyed it it's really good yeah I might have to I watch something yeah, no, it's 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 Christmas great. Um, it's uh, it's got it's got Donnie Yen in it, so you can't get too badly wrong. So yeah, that's that's pretty good. But yeah, no, it's it's been interesting, hasn't it? I mean, like the whole releasing schedule in terms of obviously bypassing cinemas at this time and going straight to video on demand is is pretty fascinating. And I think. The studios are still experimenting with it. I think I think Mulan getting charged <laughs> premium on Disney Plus was like a massive experiment for, for Disney, and mm -hmm. I'm not sure whether they've released the, the figures for that yet. But you know, uh, it, whether they make their money back on something like that from actual subscriptions, or whether they make money back on the would. the premium like the premium rental costs. Yeah, I don't know. I, wonder, know. I mean, I guess it's. I mean, HBO Max are doing it, and they're. I don't think they're charging. It's just it's going to be on HBO no, Max. That's no, it. No, I think. I think you know they. One of the the big problems with HBO Max is that they they had really terrible streaming quality. I think and a really shit user interface. So I think no, they're they're trying it. to, like, go get round that poor reception by, you know, by by pushing the movies on there, but. But that that's a it's an interesting one, isn't it? The HBO thing because like 
they're going to release all of their big films next year straight on HBO Max in the US. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, d- I don't know about Australia, but HBO Max is not in the UK. Like HBO has got a hookup with Sky here. So yeah, I don't um, know. I was going to look into it, but I think I imagine it's going to be like uh, they'll push it onto one of the other streaming platforms that are already over here. Like yeah, like you say, whether it's a Sky thing or well, yeah, it could I think be they'll have Fox an exclusive deal. Or, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, the Sky thing here. I mean, we've talked about a few of the, the sort of HBO shows, haven't we, in the past, like Watchmen and gangs of london you know those went straight onto sky well yeah gangs Um, of london went on stan here which is why i think maybe stan's gonna get the hbo stuff potentially i don't know but oh um, man that's just that's a show i really really enjoyed that it's like luther cross with john wick or something it's amazing (laughs) yeah cross cross of the raid it's yeah it's so excruciatingly violent Yeah. Well, I watched the first episode with Kat and she was like, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. <laughs> that bit when he, like, spoiler alert, when um, he beats those guys up in the bar and he does, he's, he's got that dart and he just fucks them up with it. Yeah. And then they like, you yeah. beat up eight guys. He's like, oh, well, I had a dart. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> like episode one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It's just such a passaway um, comment, but it's like, yeah, this guy's oh, a fucking so savage. Good. And like, like episode yeah. five, setting that Welsh farmhouse. Oh, that was just um, insane, man. That's like just. I think it was brutal. fine. That yeah, was yeah. outrageous. But yeah, if people haven't seen that, check it out if you like. Just how they told that story things. in that episode, how it jumps yeah. timeline. It's just such a clever way of doing it. You're like, oh, yeah, that's yeah. clever. I like that. Yeah, yeah. but we've, we've had to, um, you know, those shows I've, I've actually bought on iTunes to watch them oh, okay. when they come out um rather yeah, we're than, lucky that stan gets yeah i just here, so. I, I just feel like i don't need another another streaming service no, you know it's, it's I, trying, yeah, trying I don't. to keep on top of all your subscriptions it's gets a bit difficult it? and then you suddenly realize you've got like i don't know man, 100 quid going out a month whatever it yeah, is yeah it's nuts isn't it it's like you end up spending more than you i, well, I don't even really wouldn't I, yeah i don't know i mean if you bought all these things that you're watching on disc you're probably going to spend more but yeah, it's it's tough, isn't it? It was like it's like video games, like um, Xbox Live, and and um, I'm sort of half tempted to do that, but then I just think, oh, it's another subscription, and it takes me so long to play a game anyway. That you know, if, even if I just I usually buy my games secondhand, so I'm not spending that much money on them anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, just, the Game Pass thing is, I mean, if you think about how much a game costs, like you'd. Two, buying two games a year and you've covered Xbox, you know, the Game Pass, basically. So it's like, well, yeah. actually, it's not It is bad. true, and it, it is a good thing. I think it's just, again, you know, my um, yeah, slight reluctance to have too many uh, yeah, no, subscriptions I totally get it. all at once. I've got Prime, Stan, Netflix, uh, KO, which is a sporting one, so I can watch, like, cricket and the Formula One. Um and yeah, I mean that fuck, fuck it adds up, man. And then stupidly, yeah, and, and then I, I got the that music streaming, and I got the master class thing. I don't know if you've heard of that master class. What's, what's that? It's awesome. It's just like it's like a streaming service, but it's all these like um, things that, that, that these professionals, from chefs through to artists, through to musicians, through to chess masters, to swimmers, to like tennis players teaching you how to do each thing from their perspective it's like a master class of how to do it so there's like all the like gordon ramsay's on it in terms of chefs wow. and, uh it's, it's a really cool thing like neil degrasse tyson's on there talking about um physics and teaching you how to do physics i guess yeah nice so increase your iq by 80 people. points and then take up physics okay yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, that sounds like another great way of you know people trying to 
keep money coming in in the in media circles during lockdown. Yeah, that's great. But it's the, such a good thing. There's but... one thing I heard. Um, there's a whole thing with celebrities sort of selling their time to do personal messages. Have you heard about this? Cameo, you get like yeah. Snoop Dogg to, to give you a shout out for, yeah, for like two grand or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people make, they're making a lot of money from it, man. It's crazy. So. Yeah, um, it's funny, isn't it? Like there, there is something about adversity you know, bringing out this kind of inventive side of, of people. Oh, mate, in the, these com- comedians I follow, some of them have completely just, just I don't know, imploded and doing really badly. But there's a, a, a few of them that have done better this year than ever in terms of making money and putting out, changing mm. how they do their content and putting it out online or on YouTube. Or um, like this one guy, he pioneered these drive-in shows. So everyone stays in their car. You tune the radio into a frequency and uh bring your beers down and barbecue in your back of your ute or whatever and he's on stage and he brings some comedians down and they just make a whole night of it but you're still like socially distanced inside your car um and it's he's toured the whole of america doing it um and you know no one's had any adverse covid cases from it or anything it's yeah it's great so and you know yeah. it's kind of pioneered this thing yeah no, it's, uh, all no, it sounds cool pretty cool like i mean that, we yeah. we haven't been really been able to do anything like that recently for, for obvious reasons but yeah. i know people there's various like driving cinemas and stuff here that, that have popped up um a friend of mine went to one up on the airfield in north bristol the other day and watched uh home alone and she <laughs> said that was great um yeah. so yeah it it's interesting, isn't it, how how these things kind of evolve during tough times. Um, and again, I think, like we said before, I think once this is all over, hopefully, I hope some of the good things that have come out of it stay. Um, not everything, you know. I, I it's it's going to be a weird world if people are just wearing face masks and not touching each other ever again. Yeah, um, I think that's going to once the vaccine and things start, it starts settling. I'm sure it's going to. Um... Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because like even even with Daisy, you know, Daisy's old enough now that, that she can, uh, you know, she's a bit more interactive. And like when we take her into the, I don't know, the supermarket or something like that, which we've done on a couple of occasions, you know, and we obviously have to put face masks on to do that. And she hates it. And she really, really doesn't like it when we've got a face mask on. Mm, and and she's like looks really confused and like starts, you know, she tries to sort of pull the face mask off you if she can. And um, it's interesting. Yeah, I think the impact on kids, you know, through this whole thing is is going to be um, pretty big. I think, uh, and like one of the one of the issues they've got over here at the moment is that we've got this new strain that's cropped up in London and the southeast, and they think that because they thought previously that that kids weren't really spreading it, hence they were able to keep the schools open. But apparently, this new strain is um, yeah is able to go not necessarily make kids more ill but they seem to be more able to spread this new variant than the old one so they're talking about closing schools more in the new year and all that impact on education you know that's going to be pretty significant for a lot of a lot of kids i think yeah oh definitely yeah it's interesting yeah, God, there's so much to talk about, isn't it? I feel like we're bouncing around all over the place. That's all right. It's cool. I think that's just um, that's just the nature of um, these kind of conversations. But I'm yeah, just what's um, in terms thing. of your year? What's you just thing. just uh, we'll throw out a few things and just yeah, any kind of recommendations or things that you've really enjoyed? Like you know, what what's been like, for example, your the best movies you've seen this year or 
best music or best games or something like that. Movies so. has been weird because obviously I haven't been to see any movies. I, I'm about to go out and buy Tenet because I haven't seen that yet. So I'm yep. going to get that on disc when I get a chance to get into fucking JB Hi-Fi. But I might try and do that before Christmas so I've actually got something to watch. Um, I've actually not seen 1917 yet, so I've got that on 4K disc to watch. So that's oh, that's, be something that's to really watch. good. That's worth the watch. Um, and I bought the extended version, the final cut of Apocalypse Now in 4K, so I'm excited yeah. to watch that. That's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, what of God, movie. I mean, to be honest, it's mostly been TV stuff. So, like, The Boys I've watched, which I've really enjoyed. Um, obviously, Gangs of London was probably the highlight in terms of a series I've watched. Actually, Mandalorian Season 2, but we will have to have a whole separate yeah, conversation about that. that. It's, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, second, third season of Star Trek Discovery has also been really enjoyable. I'm really liking that as well. That's been cool. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, no, that's, that's another yeah, one so on the list. Yeah, TV series. Is, um, the Boys, I was surprised at. I thought that was quite cool. I, I didn't know what to expect from that, but there's a, a darkness to it, which I quite like. Um, yeah, Doxy comic. Yeah, yeah, funny, but kind of fucked up as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm about halfway through season two at the moment. Yeah, I need to, I need to get on and finish it when I can. It's um, sort of fucked up Captain yeah, America, that's... sort of thing. It's just, like, yeah, it's like yeah, that's everyone's good. I mean, terrified. Kind of, of in a way, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit sort of like Watchmen, isn't it? That kind of anti, anti yeah, hero thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah, the Watchmen like TV Watchmen. show, you haven't watched that yet? No, you? that's, I think uh, they have that on disc actually. Um, so I might wait if that's on sale and buy it because you can't stream that over here. Um, right. Annoyingly. Yeah, you should why, definitely but... watch that. It's really good. It's really, really good. Um, but yeah, no, no. I think it's similar, really. Like a lot of it, it's been TV shows, hasn't it? Um, well, maybe it's come out. I mean, Tenet was a fuck up. They shouldn't. I don't think they should have ever released that. They should have just gone. They for Tenet, I honestly believe they should have just gone straight to 4K disc or something like that, and got yeah, it on the streaming services. I think, services. I think you know, Nolan is one that he he believes in cinema so much that that he would have pushed so hard yeah, for that to I have a theatrical it. release. Yeah. I think it, maybe um, it I, should have just been, they should have waited and when it's all settled down, do a re-release and hopefully they do that because I would like to see yeah, that in the cinema. Yeah, so. yeah. No, I'd love to see it. I mean, I I didn't get to see it in the cinema um, earlier in the year and I've been waiting to watch it and actually, <laughs> well, I was planning on watching it with my dad um, when they came down but, um, now Christmas has been cancelled. cancelled. So. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen so I think I'm just yeah. going to sit down and watch it. It's you been semi cancelled I hear it's I hear it's really confusing. So I think it's probably one to buy and then have <laughs> yeah, watch yeah. a couple I'm, of I'm times. I'm going to get the disc for sure. I, I want to see it proper 4K, proper no compression. I don't want to stream it. I want to get a proper disc. So yeah, yeah it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because like um, uh, for me, I think a lot of it, other than TV shows, uh, like you say, there's not been obviously a lot of big film releases. There's been a lot of kind of small, smaller movies and indie films and stuff that have come out. Um, and there's been. Um, I think what the fuck I've watched. There's been. Hang on a sec. Oh, I lost you. We lost John. So anyway, we'll we'll get John back in a minute. He'll probably call back um, one second. Um, but yeah, what was I going to say? I was going to um, talk a little bit about the masterclass thing. It's well worth checking out. But if you do it, there's a two for one membership at the moment, so it's half price, and you can share it with like a family member. I actually did that last year for my parents, and then it turns out this year they've actually uh, just 
rebuild me so I've got another year of it for the full price uh, which is uh, very annoying um, but never mind hello are you there John hello hello turn up there I lost you sorry I, I was just uh, telling people about my masterclass stitch up I sent you a link to it it's actually really cool I'll, I'll send you my login details although I won't if anyone's okay. listening because um, it's awesome and they've actually billed me again this year which I, I didn't realize they were going to do that i thought i just bought a year's worth um right pay for that classic subscriptions <laughs> oh, mate i didn't i just saw a thing come up oh we've billed you your new year i was like oh for fuck's sake and it's not cheap yeah. right it's um it's pretty expensive but i bought it because it was a two for one price so i gave one to my parents uh because there was loads oh, of yeah, cool yeah. stuff about creative writing for joe and lots of cool stuff my dad would like for the cooking because it's like 20 different chefs doing real high-end like awesome stuff yeah. and um and there's actually loads of more cool stuff on it actually recently but um but apparently i've got another year of it so bollocks. nice so um oh, we'll have to have a look and, it's uh, very cool yeah, it's very if, good if i've got if i've got time to develop a new hobby you'll get well that's it one. mate I, I think the neil degrasse tyson one's pretty worth watching i think that's going to be really interesting just from a just an interesting physics point of view yeah. but um yeah, so i need to watch that but anyway yeah it, it was i was just telling everyone about that and uh yeah. I got yeah, I don't know how happened with the connection there. It just, just dropped for some reason. Yeah, but, um, that's all right. But yeah, no, we were talking about, yeah, films. Yeah, there's been some nice little little horror movies that have come out. Um, Host is like a um, like a Zoom call with a bunch of friends doing a seance, which is, um, you know, sort of micro-budget movie that, that some people did over here. And um, that is worth a look if, uh, okay. if you like um, kind of indie horror films. It's quite, quite fun. Yeah, you probably hate it. Well, you talking of horror, I, uh, I'm only episode, what, three into uh, The Haunting of Hill House, so I'm I know, getting there. That's only so, taken so me so like eight months. <laughs> it's terrifying. <laughs> it's such a scary But cat. it's weird. I, I watched um, um, Hannibal and it was fine. So I don't know. It's stuff that gets in your head, you know, and I think I was listening to the pod, one of the podcasts I listened to about um, horror, horror, I think I mentioned it before, Evolution of Horror podcast. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the guy on that, you know, he... he he said it's really interesting, you know, like, because films are obviously, we've mentioned this before, you know, like um, empathy engines, emotion engines. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of horror is like that. A lot of good horror, you know, is, is um, you know, connected with, with emotion, you know, so you get a lot, a lot of people that um, connect with them and connecting them on a, on a sort of emotional level. Um, and I think that's one of the great things about something like Hill House is that it's, it's a brilliant so drama. Good. It's just terrifying. But then it's also got a lot of scares in it as well. But the scares are, are woven into the the human stories and the human emotion, mm. and that's why I think it hits really hard. Um, that was one massive disappointment actually for me for this year sequel. was um, the haunting of Blind Man, Man yeah, the, the sequel. It just wasn't as good, and it was still okay, um, but. Yeah, it was just uh, yeah a real missed opportunity with some some of the worst accents I've ever heard. In, yeah, that's strange <laughs> in to me. There's so TV. many brilliant British actors, and you get Americans to play the main roles. It's like what the fuck's that? Yeah, about? it's like I, I'm fine with you know people playing you know different nationalities and using accents as long as they're good at it. Yeah. But if you can't if you can't well, do the it. accent that you're trying to do, it just it just takes you out of it so much. <laughs> like, um, that person yeah, clearly just, isn't yeah, yeah, you know, upper-class English or, or um, northern English or whatever. But 
have you, yeah, have you it was um, yeah, yeah a bit frustrating. It's like it's like why did that guy need to be Scottish? Was yeah, that really that necessary? Is, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> was have, that the only accent that he could do? Have you seen um, Idris Elba in The Wire? Have you ever seen that? The Wire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, His American I, no, accent. I, that, like, like, I watched oh. The Wire before Idris Elba was, was yeah, yeah. famous. I had no idea yeah. that, that he was English. <laughs> and also, um, the director who's the other either. guy in that? Dominic? Yeah, yeah, the, 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 main, the other oh, main detective. I had no, again, he's, he's English. I had no yeah. idea he was English until, you know, seeing him on an interview afterwards. You know, the director or the head producer, whoever it was, didn't know Idris Elba was English either. He yeah, cast him. Yeah, because he, he went and hung out in, what was it, was it Boston? Or um, I can't remember oh, they filmed Bro- it now. Uh, Brooklyn or Queens or it, it was something Yeah, like he yeah. basically like spent a load of time with people there, like getting the accent right, yeah. and then just went into the interview and they, they had no idea he was English. It, it only came out when the director guy met up with him. Basically, they cast him and they were chatting and it was like the final, final interview kind of thing. And then yeah. one of the producers said, he doesn't want an English person playing these roles. Like he wants yeah. you know, actual, proper, you know, real life American kind of gangster people, almost. You know, yeah. and uh, so don't tell him you're English. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, fuck. Okay. And then in the end, he just told him in, during their chat. He's like, you know, I'm English. Yeah. He's like, what? Oh, and but it was actually fine. Like it worked out really well. And because he was yeah. so blown away that he was actually English, he was he just couldn't believe it. And yeah, like yeah, you say, he's I, so cool. Yeah. Well, they're they're oh. both so good in that. Oh, amazing. Um, it's such a good such show. A good I, show yeah. It's one that I think I really should go back and watch again, actually, because it's, yeah. I watched it such a long time ago. I think you could you could enjoy it all over again. I might get that on disc or something. That could be a good Christmas present. I was trying to find something to get me that isn't too expensive. I don't want Happy to spend Christmas, me. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know what I mean? It's just something nice, because I've been trying not to spend too much money recently, but I want to get something. But um, yeah. I, honestly, I think I'm going to return Cyberpunk and... Um, use the money to get something else i think well yeah I think they just are get taking... it second hand when they fixed it in yeah, six months time i think so um so, yeah, yeah what, so what a cop <laughs> it's ridiculous it's so ridiculous like i mean the uh, such a hyped game and it wasn't really them hyping it it was just the hype of everyone having seen what it should be and also knowing about the whole cyberpunk thing from these it's from these originally from these like uh, it's from RPG. a board game, isn't it? Originally, I think it was like I think. books or something like these like, role playing game or game something. Yeah, in these big books where it's all yeah, and that was the whole concept of it, and um, it got so much hype, and it, it was yeah, it's such a fun and, and, and it looks rad. I think you know, look, if you've got a super high end PC running it, you've got a five thousand dollar PC, a game, mate. It's amazing. But, well, even then, it's pushing it, but it's um, you need a three thousand dollar graphics card to even get close to yeah what it that's, should look that's like. insane and like and like you said you know even even the uh the xbox um series, series x, x and and playstation 5 are struggling with it and mm. that I, that's probably it's got to be down to some kind of programming issue you would have oh thought. yeah yeah but it's um yeah i know for sure because like the rtx um the nvidia 3090 cards which are the, the highest of the high ridiculously overpowered graphics cards are struggling with it and that's mental. yeah that, mean, that, to me that just says that they've, they've done something wrong opt- in the programming. and, and yeah. they needed they just needed more time to finish it and i think that that's the problem with that game is that you've you basically had like you say the hype that's been driving it 
and then the shareholders of the company going, oh, look, look at the hype, you know, look how, look how much money we can make if we just release this as soon as possible. It, it's ready to go, right? It's totally well, playable. It was the board like, members uh, more no, than it's, the... it's kind of broken. We need no. probably about another year to get it, get it yeah. working, but, but then we can't make huge amounts of money. Yeah, it, it was the board members that were the problem, apparently, not so much the shareholders in this instance. I think the shareholders are super pissed that right. the company's dropped like hundreds of millions of dollars worth of value in the last three weeks. Um, I think they've, they they've, they've still sell. sold a lot of copies, though, oh, even with the refunds. But Yeah, they've they've sold a huge amount, I think. Um, I think they, they've, they've made the development cost back at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I think even with returns, I read an article, what was it, 30 million copies or something? Or, yeah, it's a lot. Or oh, something it's, mad. It's so they've copies. sold a lot. And I mean, you know, they've already released a 17 gigabyte patch this week. Um, over the weekend or something. Uh, so I, apparently that's not really fixed a whole lot. But um, yeah, the other issue I mean, is I, so many bugs in terms I, I, of cheats with it. You can just cheat your way to getting everything. Yeah. And it's just like oh. it's just it's just broken. I mean, like it, it's a game I would love to play it. Like it's it's right in my wheelhouse in terms of you know the type of game I would enjoy. Yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Yeah. You know, I I wait. You know, I've wait. I wait for most of these games to come to you know drop in price or to go secondhand anyway. So. I have so little time that I'm fine to wait until it's until it's fixed, and then I'll and then I'll get get stuck in. Um, but there's plenty of other things I want to play. I've just seen um, IGN's game of the year called Hades on the Switch. Have you seen that? No, Hades. Um, it it's it looks really interesting. It's like a sort of um, it looks like a sort of top-down <laughs> platformer, kind of almost in the sort of old-style Zelda type thing, and then about. Uh, I think you're like a demigod going through the realm of Hades. It's sort of Greek, Greek mythology type thing, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be nice. really, really good. So I was going to have a look at that maybe. And then um, I've just downloaded, I think I recommended it to you, that um, Call of the Sea, that adventure game. Yeah, I don't know if you've had a chance to yeah, download it yet. It's on the, uh, what's it called, Access thing, Microsoft, yeah, the uh, Game Pass. Yeah, so I've it's, downloaded it's really it. pretty. You know, it's, it's um, We've only just started it because like, uh, I'm trying to get Cat vaguely interested in video games, so I thought yeah. this is a good one we can play games. together. Um, so again, we just have to find a moment where you know we're both free to sit down and you know put a bit of time into it. But it's really it's really pretty. It's really fun. It's had really good reviews. Um, again, I really like stuff like that. Um, I've got the ultimate little gift for uh, for Daisy and you, um, which really? uh, I'm going to send to you. Uh, when it gets back in stock, but it's got out of stock before Christmas. But I'll maybe is it an as Xbox a, One X? Yes, no, a Series or, X. Or a yeah. Series X? Yes, it's a Series <laughs> X. I'm buying, I'm buying Daisy a Series X, and then then Cat can't object. But it's for Daisy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's an it's an educational toy. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. I think you'll really like it. I think even Cat would actually find it quite funny as well. Actually, so yeah, I'm, you'll be you know, oh, seeing nice. that at well, some point. Thank you, thank you in advance. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a cool little thing. So um. Yeah, that game Hades. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's um, I don't know whether I don't. I get such a short attention span with games now. I just it's like a struggle with most games. For me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it is tricky, isn't ADHD it? Like, especially with the games being so big, you have to invest so much time in them, and, that, and that's fine if the game's good. And it, uh, it doesn't bother me with Far well. Cry. I, any Far Cry game, I can just it, it work. I just I don't. It doesn't happen to me. I, I get right into it and I play the whole thing and I collect everything. And but other games i don't yeah. know what it is i just lose interest i don't know why that is the case yeah it's it's, it's, it's funny isn't it I, mean, like, like, I, I think it's just about 
I guess whether you, you can get invested in the story and the characters and stuff. I mean, it's like um, Red Dead Redemption Two. That that's a big game, and that is it's quite technically technically tricky game to play i think as well but mm. but i got really into that and i really enjoyed I that game that and, and uh, yeah i didn't do all the ridiculous sort of side stuff in it like you know going and fishing and all that sort of shit but just just playing through the story was really fun really enjoyed it and i i love the assassin's creed games the last two assassin's creeds mm. um odyssey and and origins you know, I'd, I'd love them. They're not without the problems, especially get Origins. gets a bit grindy. Yeah, um, yeah I get a bit overwhelmed but, with those. But, but yeah, Odyssey, Odyssey was brilliant. I really enjoyed that. And uh, so I'm going to I'm gonna at some point get stuck into Valhalla. Valhalla. Um, it's funny, actually, because like, I remember when I finished Odyssey, I was like, I bet they do Vikings next. Yeah, like, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, like given, you know, the popularity of kind of Viking stuff at the moment with the TV shows and all that kind of stuff. You're yeah, like, yeah, where else would they, they go with it? Vikings. That's the thing. They've, they've done Pirates, Vikings, Egypt, um, Ancient That was Greece. a great game. The, the Black Flag. Did you ever play that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that. I didn't, again, I got bored eventually and I so I played it a, a fair bit but then I just got bored I just got bored yeah, of some of the missions cool I have to follow people and don't get noticed I was like oh god I'm bored yeah it's funny isn't it because like, you get really interested in games like that and then do you, you just give up on them because like you did the same with Zelda right yeah Breath I mean that I was playing Mario Odyssey at the same time and I just went deep into that and that I went all the way with to the point of getting to this special extra hard level which I don't quite understand how it's even possible um, yeah. it's on this like lava moon that you get to beyond the other moon I don't know if you played it all the right. way through to the, uh, the I didn't get as far moon, as, as, as you got I completed it moon. on yeah. 120 moons or whatever it is and then yeah I didn't yeah. go too much beyond that because I, I could just feel the difficulty ramping up and I get, knew it was just going to I was going to yeah. get so frustrated did by you get it. to the point where you unlocked those metal cubes that were dotted around all the levels yes yeah because yeah, that you, you complete the game and then, then that happens and you're like oh there's a whole, it's like another game. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and that's just, it's just through beginning. Those, I, yeah. I, I got Odyssey sat on the shelf still, and at some point I will go back and play it. But good, yeah. yeah, maybe try it a, a bit more. Um, it's just it's Zelda, frustrating now, like, though. Yeah, I, I, maybe Zelda's, Zelda's like one of the best games I've ever played. I mean, it is. Yeah, I think Breath I'll go back to is, that. It's absolutely yeah. astonishing. And that that's a really good example, actually, that, that the graphics in, in that are good. Um, but they're not like, I mean, and they're not sort of breathtaking in the way no, that they're immersive, you know, maybe, though, aren't they? That's the thing. They, yeah, but, no... it, but it just really works, and that's the yeah. thing that Nintendo do quite well, don't they? They don't don't rely on graphics to make a good game. That's um, what people. Yeah, are, it Zelda, feels Zelda's alive, though, yeah. Zelda, it feels alive in that sense, even yeah. though the graphics aren't photorealistic. Whereas everything I've been reading and people have been saying about Cyberpunk is they're saying visually it's incredible, like the reflections, the the you know ambient light occlusion all this crazy shit the you know ray trace mm -hmm. shadows and lighting but it, the world seems dead like the characters because it, it's so glitchy and because it's like the yeah. dialogues doesn't really work and it, even though it's supposed to be awesome AI is broken yeah it just you don't get immersed into it and it feels like the world feels just kind of dead and it's just like a pretty thing but that's it so it's um and I don't know if they can even fix that I don't know. 
yeah, Maybe, I mean, but... it might, might be a fundamental problem in the game. Mm. But and it, it must be it must be galling when you you spend so much time. And they spent ten years making that game, and they, <laughs> for some reason, can't <laughs> get it. it right. And then you look at something like Breath of the Wild and just go, "Oh my god, that's how to make a video game like that." Like, is, Far, Far Cry Three, I mean, it's damn near, it's damn near perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. really is, and and. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's one. If you if you want to go and spend any more time on a game like that, Zelda is the one to yeah, do. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I need to get back. But to be honest, I fucking lost the fucking thing. <laughs> the games are so well, then small. You can't play it, then. I've got well, I have it's to, a lot of money to drop on it all over again. It's still bloody yeah. expensive. It's so annoying because it's the one game I, I was thinking about playing the other day, and I, I went through all my games. And I'm like, where the fuck is it? Oh shit! Because I say little, small little fuckers. I think I've just it's fallen out of my little carry case. Maybe when I was in England, I don't know. Because um, yeah. I brought it with me there, and I've taken. I generally take it with me when I'm travelling. Um, and uh, maybe it was in Melbourne. I don't know, but the fucking game's gone. I've got the other games, but <laughs> that one. No way. I don't know. I, it, or it could have fallen down behind something, and like, good luck finding it. I don't know. It's, it's very annoying. Yeah, so. they, like so, they're so tiny. But, but I guarantee yeah, I'll buy it, and then I'll worth, find it. So it's worth it's buying just, it again. But I mean, I might swap. You can always, you can always sell it again. Though, I'll surely. swap Cyberpunk and get Zelda. Maybe that's the thing to do. You know. Yeah, yeah, much better. You have you have a great time playing it. Yeah. It's it's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm sort of jealous of people that go and play it for the first time. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah it's, and, and that is so detailed as well. I was watching a video the other day about all this other stuff you can do on it, all this kind of advanced things people have found out, all these mechanics that you can oh, okay. you can kind of instigate in, in like combat. And it's just, yeah, it's, it's nuts. You know, how, how the depth of it is... Um, is really impressive, but it's it's deep in a very playable way. I think you know it's not overly complicated, but it's just there's lots to do, and it all works. It doesn't break. Yeah, well, that's it. I think that's a really important part of it, and it's it's um it seems to be a common theme with a lot of games recently. I mean, even Valhalla, there was some glitches and bugs of it, which I think they fixed the majority, but the initial release was a bit buggy yeah. apparently. So again, I think it's worth just waiting with new new big games like that just for them to iron yeah. out those no that, i think that's then, exactly right give it give it six months a year let's fix it games, and then have a go like all the forza games i love them all the driving games they're always they're just fucking flawless forza 7 forza horizon 4 which is one of the best games ever made i yeah. think it just flawless graphically amazing runs perfectly looks still one of the best looking games ever made i think forza horizon 4 and yeah. um no dodgy glitches really at all nothing buggy it just works and well you know they probably give it give the development enough time and i, I think that i mean it, it's true in games it's true in music it's true in films you know every time something is pushed by a tight schedule invariably something it's will go wrong up. unless yeah. unless yeah there's some miraculous feet that kind of pushes people above and beyond but that's why you know that you've only got to look at things like movie mistakes and all that kind of stuff to think you know to realize that (laughs) there's there are things that that happen that are unintentional that that you know just crop up and again that's that's worse if the development cycle short it's like the whole the whole thing on um just trying to get a good example true true detective so season one of true detective you seen that Oh yeah, I've got that on disc, mate. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah it's fun. It, it's like such good one TV. of the best TV shows of the last, you know, twenty Ten, years. Oh, so easily, good. Yeah, yeah. And then and then they they're like super successful with it, and they said to the writer, like, "Wow, that was incredible. Can you do it again in a year?" 
And he was like, uh, I don't think so. And he's like, can you do it again in a year if we give you all this money? Like, yeah, go on then. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yes, of it. course I can. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, it was shit. And I heard the two, third season was a bit better, though, is it? Or? Season three was quite good. Again, they had they had more time to do it. Yeah, I've um, seen it, but I... Um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's not, it's not as good as season one, but um, yeah. Hershia Ali um, is the lead in it, and he's really good. Yeah, he's great, yeah. Um, He's um he's so good in uh I don't know if you've seen Luke Cage but it's first season Luke Cage I'm pretty sure he's... no I haven't seen that it didn't get great reviews I, I oh, it's actually, it was good I, I I really liked it Hershey Ali and that is fucking amazing he's oh, he he stole the whole thing it was just brilliant I mean he plays yeah he's the, a great great actor and, oh, he's and he's doing Blade which I think is a really good idea. I believe yeah so. that's, that's a marvel thing isn't it although they didn't get announced with all the kind of disney announcements recently did it blade wasn't wasn't there um yeah so but maybe i think that was, announcing that, back s- that was all series stuff wasn't it it wasn't really movies was it uh, yeah, I think, it pro- I think it was all Disney yeah, Plus right, series TV shows, wasn't yeah, it? And stuff, than... but there's so much stuff coming coming out. I'm really looking forward to WandaVision. Yeah, yeah, that's going to yeah. be cool. Yeah, and the Marvel things the trailers are good. look really good for it. Yeah, Loki looks good as well. Um, Loki looks great. Um, I just hope they can keep it going. I mean, I, I love the Infinity Saga so much. I, I think it's got such just, an awesome base now that I think they they can keep it going. They've got such a they, they're in the groove of it. I, I think it's um, going to go really well for them. Or I hope it does. Yeah, yeah. just need Kevin Feige to stay at the helm. Yeah, keep doing keep it. Keep it on track. And they did. They got to keep. Um, uh, what's his name doing the Star Wars stuff? Um, uh, Dave Fellini. No, the um, bloody the chef dude. He was um, in Iron John Man. Favreau. John Favreau. Yeah, he's. Well, I think he's yeah, so it's the two of them, isn't well. it? Because like John Favreau's directed quite a few of them, but um, Dave Dave Fellini, who did, he was the um, the producer of Clone Wars, wasn't he? He's um, oh okay, yeah. I think Favreau even wrote a load Star of the, uh, Wars nerd. Yeah, no, he did. Well, yeah, and yeah. It, but uh, I think Dave Fellini is the the kind of showrunner. I think for for uh, Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Because yeah. um, oh, he's like okay. a, he's quite an interesting guy because he's like a total Star Wars nerd, and he loves the prequel films. Like all of his stuff is obviously based on the prequels. Yeah, okay. Which is which is interesting because most people hate the prequels. No, <laughs> I mean I, I liked them because it had lots of lightsaber fights in it. That's all I really give a fuck about. It's weird. I just, I yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, that's why I'm I was a bit disappointed the with, with the new ones. Quite fun. Didn't, there was yeah, lightsaber stuff. Um, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it wasn't high level enough. The the actors, even though I think they did a good job, they weren't exactly their choreography. I don't know. I've I've watched. Have I I showed you that, or did you send me, or did I send you that fan made thing for? you know, because like the lightsaber fight between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi, yeah, 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 it's complete. Bob, <laughs> yeah, the, the one that the fan the did. Yeah, you seen the one where there's like a fan-made, yeah, it's really good um, yeah. version of, of that fight, like amped up. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's so it, well but, done. Yeah, it's really and it's done. like, it's like, oh yeah, that that would have been good if it was like that. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I think that's why the prequels. I think for me, do I mean, there's some incredible lightsaber fights in it. The first movie with uh, the three of you know Darth Maul and. Qui Gon yeah. and, and Obi Wan. That's still a fucking incredible sequence. Um, 
Yeah. It's so yeah, awesome. It is. I mean, um, and then uh, even in the second movie with, you know, the Yoda lightsaber battle and towards the end and with um, Count Dooku and that's, I mean, it's just cool. You know, that's, it's just cool. I don't know, but, yeah. yeah. I think those films would have been significantly better if Hayden Christensen hadn't been in them. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he's supposedly Sorry, he's making a he's making a comeback in the. Uh, um, I guess it's going to be Rogue One. The, uh, yeah, series, although they said, well, it's it's got to be James Earl Jones doing the voice still, so it's basically going to be Aiden Christensen dressed up as Darth, Darth Vader, Vader and not really saying anything, which well, is probably fine. Yeah, I, to be honest, his lightsaber stuff is really good. He obviously had the skills in terms of that sort of stuff. So I was like, you know, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he seems right quite good at the old action, but yeah, my yeah. God, it's some of the most wooden acting I think I've ever seen. Yeah, there was some interesting casting for that. I mean, I think uh, you and McGregor held those together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. Samuel Jackson, yeah, the Emperor. You know, I um, can't remember his name yeah, now. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, he was good. Palpatine. Is yeah, I mean, he's. It's good value, it wasn't isn't all it? bad. It wasn't all bad. <laughs> to be honest, so, yeah. yeah, there's there's gems of goodness to be had in those films, but it, it's interesting how they kind of taken that as the jumping off point for things like The Mandalorian and made yeah. it successful. Um, and also, you know, just like um, A New Hope, you know, it's got that feel of the new A New Hope, hasn't it? Yeah, I'll completely. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to to watching season two. I've I've heard very good things it's about. It's cool. It. It's very good. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 I was very tempted exciting. for Christmas to um, to buy cat. You can get this like animatronic baby Yoda thing. Oh yeah, cool. um, it's about it's about eighty quid, I think. Oh, um, <laughs> it looks really cool. It does like it does like a force heel and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And, um, but yeah, it, I couldn't I couldn't justify it in the end. But I think <laughs> it would have been one of those presents where I'd have given it to him and be like, right. "This isn't really for me, is it?" <laughs> yeah. Like, no. What do you mean? It's totally for you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it would have gone down that well. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a bit like the, the classic Homer bowling ball. Yeah, I put a bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> the ball is called Homer. <laughs> oh, oh, so yeah. funny! No, good, so man. funny. Good. Um, I've just uh, I just rewatched the end of um, the last season of Rick and Morty, which just popped up on Netflix. Oh, so um, good. Yeah. Which is brilliant. You know the, the clone, clone episode, clone death episode. Yeah, I mean to be honest, that that, that um, this in terms of stuff that's come out this year, I think that latest season of Rick and Morty was sensational. It was so good. Um, yeah, so yeah, dark. It's, it's like, oh man, what the fuck? It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you watched? Um, have you watched Primal yet? Primal. Um, uh, don't think so. What's that about? <laughs> It's really, really good. It is. Um, it's directed by the same guy that did Samurai Jack. Um, oh, and yeah. that's a good. It uh, is. Yeah, it, it's about. Um, it's an adult swim oh, cartoon, and it's about um, a, a caveman who befriends a, a dinosaur. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, and then they've got various. It's like episodic things each week. Um, you know, and uh, it's yeah, it's brilliant. It's like really nicely animated. It's super violent, um, but super kind of emotional as well. <laughs> yeah, the cool. um, it, it hits you right in the in the feels. It's it's great. I've been watching a lot of uh, net, those Netflix animated things like Castlevania and stuff like that. I've been quite oh yeah, Castlevania is brilliant. Yeah. yeah, season three of that is <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. Good. Really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, yeah, watch Primal. It's one that that 
not a lot of people would have would have seen. And um, I think it's one of they just released season <laughs> two just recently over here, and and um, I yeah, on. I think it's one of the best best little things on TV. I don't know if it's on a streaming thing over this way. Uh... Yeah, you might have to dig deep for that one, but it's well worth it if you can if you can watch it. Oh, there's a, there's a film by Nicolas Cage called Primal. Um, yeah, it's not that. Although there is a there is a Nicolas Cage documentary coming out on Netflix in January about the history of swear words. Which yeah, yeah, like good, yeah. Someone's had the best concept ever for something. They're like, what if? <laughs> yeah. What if we do a show about the history of swear words, but we get Nick Cage to present it? <laughs> They're like, yeah. That's perfect. Have a load of money. Take the rest of the day off. Yeah, like, I mean, just, I think that's yeah, great. Genius. Have you seen? Yeah, you though, watch the trailer for yeah, it. It's yeah. just oh, look at that. It's, it looks really funny. There's a movie also with Nick Cage. He's just doing this run of complete shite. But this movie's called Jiu Jitsu. Uh, it's got the guy out of. Um, uh, it's got Tony Jaa in it. Uh, okay. It's got Frank Grillo. Um, Juju Chan, I don't know who that is. So it's Nicolas Cage, Tony Jaa, uh, in this weird. I don't. I think Nick Cage. He's got a samurai sword, so it's like I, I have no idea what wow. what what's. I mean, it, it's it's, but it's got like the the cover is like, it's almost like a some sort of Star Trek space thing with planets and things, and then it's got Nick Cage with a samurai sword, and then it's like some sort I think of I've ancient ruins. I haven't seen for it, it looks but he's, it, he's just, his choices just crack me up. He's such a funny guy. I've um, got the vibe you, it could you, be amazing. A, but Sorry, say again? I've got the feeling it could be amazing. Yeah, it could well be. that He did one this year that came out called um, A Colour Out of Space, which, again, you won't have watched because it's a horror film. Although oh, it's yeah. cosmic horror, so it's not that scary. Um and that's that's a really good movie actually. It's it's worth um, checking out again. Kind of you know fairly low budget. And then kind we, of I'm sure he was in a movie recently where he just put in this incredible performance. He's playing some psychopath. Was that what that was? Mandy. Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen Mandy. that yet. Apparently he's in, sensational in it. Yeah, it's supposed to be brilliant. Yeah. It's supposed to be really violent. So he's doing um, like all these movies in the hope that he'll get the odd gem. And he's doing like yeah, 20 well, he's, movies yeah, a year. Yeah, he's been straight to video <laughs> yeah, hell, hasn't he, for a few years. Yeah. So, no, good good luck to him. He's, he's such a batshit crazy guy. Yeah. I like that. Um, I, I, I still I still think one of his, one of my favourite movies of his is Raising Arizona. Have you seen that, the Coen Brothers thing? I think I don't know. Oh, man, it's so funny. If you want, if you want a good Nick Cage movie yeah, and, yeah. and just a good movie, watch Raising Arizona. It's oh, brilliant. Right. I was like Con Air. I thought that was just so comical. Yeah, brilliant. yeah, that's pretty full on, yeah. <laughs> full on cage. But yeah, yeah. No, it's I'm going to check this Jujitsu movie out because I think it's going to be one of those like terrible movies. But I think the action could be really good because it's got Tony Jaa in it. So it could be one of those like yeah. it could yeah. have some like gems of fight scenes in it. Um, yeah. So I yeah, don't know. Who knows? Who knows? And Frank Grillo is pretty talented in terms of on screen action as well. So that could be quite interesting. Was he? Was he the Punisher? Was that right? No, no, that's um oh fuck what John Berthnall. Um oh, Frank Grillo was the guy in the Avengers movies who was like Captain America's sort of head of his little team um in uh in the who was actually a Hydra agent in the end. Um he got the building oh, dropped on him and he had the yeah. fucked up face and yeah, yeah, that's Frank Grillo. Is he the Hail Hail Hydra guy? Um yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he's, he's and, he, and he got the building dropped and he has to fight with the hawk guy at the end and then he gets crushed by the building but he survives and then in the next film he's got like the fucked up face and that kind of bio suit and then he but he dies at the beginning of that like Black Widow fucks him up or something. Yes, I think. Yeah, I, I think he's I good. He's good. He's like yeah. he's got a really cool documentary about fighting on Netflix where he travels around the world um, and goes yeah, into right. all the different cultures in terms of their their different fighting styles and stuff, and What's he tra- cool? trains with them. Um, hang on, it, it's really good actually. Um, it's quite um, hard hitting in places and. Um, and he's obviously training with all these people, and it's like these guys' like lives. Fight World, it's called. Yeah, 2018, Fight World. Fight World, okay, that and sounds so interesting. he goes around Not the world training with all these people, and there's like these young kids in Thailand who are, you know, trying to be Muay Thai fighters who are just getting the shit kicked out of them. And it's just, I mean, That, it's pretty that sounds like another show that's going to be right up Cat Street. Yeah, I don't think I'd like it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's quite, it, it's actually... Um, the way it's done, it's it's not all just pure violence. It's it's really interesting how he how he does it. it it's, it's well made. It's it's really good. So it's worth checking. Yeah, out no, it sure, sounds yeah. interesting. Fight World. Yeah, okay, yeah. that is a good recommendation. Um, it's a good one. Another recommendation from me is another Netflix one. Again, my my little run of of kind of um, little horror movies. There's a really great one on there called His House, His House. Um, which came out this year. And that is um, about two refugees from, uh, I think, Somalia or something like that, I think. Um, And they end up in this, they end up um, in the UK in this really shit kind of house that that they've been put in as as, um, refugees. And and then, you know, all, all hell breaks loose. But it's... It's a very interesting film, just in terms of uh, its portrayal of that refugee experience, and then combined with with horror. Yeah, um, okay, it's interesting. It's a good, really good movie. <laughs> it's got yeah. um, the same actor who was in Gangs of London, the lead actor from that. Oh, okay. Soap Dizzy. I, I don't know his name. So he's very good. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really worth worth a look. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Um, again, it's probably a bit scary for you. Yeah, but, maybe. Well, uh, but but if people out there have a weird, stronger I, constitution I, than I Tim, I could do then... Hannibal, and that was like quite gory. That's not. And... Yeah, but gore is different, isn't it? Like gore is not the same as scary. Um, yeah, not, it wasn't exactly. Always. I mean, there was a few little scares in it, but it wasn't really. It was more about. It was. I don't know. I quite liked that. It was weird. It was. Um, but the gory thing, it did put me off a bit. Like eating generally was a bit. Difficult. Do you mean the Hannibal TV show? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just yeah, it's just hyper real, isn't it? It's not, yeah. it's not really scary no. per se. Um, well, I thought that was I, quite, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, I, yeah, did, I, enjoyed I didn't ever watch the good. third season of that. I started um, the third season, but I'm, I just got um, just grossed out with all the eating people sickened. thing. It just, I, I was starting to lose my <laughs> appetite for meat, so I had to stop watching it for a bit. <laughs> yeah, and, um, my friend that, that's a bit she loved about it she loved all the presentation of the food and all that sort of stuff but I got a bit queasy with that sort of thing it was weird <laughs> I just, yeah I, I think that's going to go one or two ways isn't it yeah so um, but that's um, the part she really liked to it but but her and her sister as well they constantly mock me for being so scared of the haunting of Hill House because they watched it and my recommendation that it was terrifying and they yeah. were both a bit drunk when they were watching it and they, they were just like oh, it's not scary at all they just were not phased by 
it at all. They, they really? Thought, they, That's interesting. It was like, what are you? Are you fucking kidding? I think they were maybe watching the wrong thing, but I'm convinced. But they relentlessly mocking me for it. So if you, if I guess if you watch it, if you're drunk and you're not taking it seriously, but That's it's what like I thought, any, yeah. any kind of thing like that, you have to be kind of invested in it. Like it's really yeah. easy to just take the piss out of anything, especially when you're room for a room <laughs> full of people. But yeah. yeah, you have to you have to let yourself get into something like that. I think me with all the lights off in the house and like just me watching it. I, it yeah, I mean, and on that TV, man, I, it's just fucking so immersive. And yeah. when it's black, it's black. There's literally no light in the room, and I think that it, it's just. Oh, talking just, talking <sighs> good um, good TV making a difference. So we talked the other day about the Lord of the Rings 4K. Oh, yes, that's going to um, be something to get. So they they just put it on iTunes at a special price, so you can get all three of them for I think eighteen quid in four K. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm planning probably on getting the full box set next year when it comes out, but I'm just going to pull the trigger on that because it's not a huge amount of money for four K Lord of the Rings. And uh, so well. I was just watching um, about halfway through Fellowship of the Ring last night, and um, it's really good. It's it's such a good film, and the the yeah the the uh, colours on it and the clarity are really excellent and they've managed to fix a few of the kind of problems that that exist in some of the older versions although they haven't gone around, gone in and fixed some of the little mistakes that that I've picked up in the past which I was kind of hoping that they were going to fix but they I think they've just decided not to mess with the actual film just to just to focus on the colour. Um, what things were that were they then? That you, um, what the mistakes? Yeah. I mean, I'm not one for movie mistakes, and and, uh, it's one of those things that when you see something, you can't unsee it, and yeah, I'm sort of half tempted really not to tell you, because once once you know what they are, you look for it every time, it's like like in Aliens, Aliens is my favourite film, as you know, and I have watched that so many times, I've seen a couple of the mistakes in it, Um, and once again, once you've seen them, you can't unsee it. Like and uh, I don't know whether you're familiar with those those particular ones. They're they're quite famous. Um, no, I don't know. I don't I'm know. not going to tell you then because if if people want if people are interested in things like that, there's loads of things out there that all that you can go and look at. But I but yeah, when you see when you see something like that in a film, it just it does take you out of it, and you're like, oh god. And I was I was kind of hoping in a way with Lord of the Rings that they they'd go in and fix those little errors. Um, because there's one, there's one really, really glaringly massive one, um, you know, fairly near the beginning of Lord of the Rings, and you're like, oh god, why didn't you just realise that when you were doing the edit? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. but yeah, I think they, they he's basically just focused on the colour uh, and the, the film quality. Yeah, I mean, I think that is, is brilliant. Yeah, and I mean, like, like Moria, audio and like the blacks yeah. and the and the yeah. fire and stuff in Moria just looks incredible, especially on the good good TV. Because I, I think, you know, certainly on my old kit, it always struggled with the Moria stuff. You know, like when black fades in and out on a, on an old screen, it goes yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of pixelated and, and looks shit. I don't those problems anymore. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, yeah it so looks good. really good, really good now. Um, but yeah, I still will, I think, get the, the full disc set, although it'll be ridiculously expensive when it comes out. I think it's be worth it. Yeah, um, I think... I wasn't going to get it, but then once I heard about what they've done to it and that it's a complete rescan of the film negatives and it's all been done properly, it's not just a res up. 
I think it's like, yeah. ah, yeah, okay, that's probably worth... Um, yeah, it's, it's, had, it's had good reviews it. from the kind of yeah. DVD review people, yeah. so or Blu-ray review people. So I think um, it's, yeah, um, yeah, and I was like, oh, well, yeah, if you're going to throw it out at that price, yeah, yeah. I'll um, yeah, <laughs> I'll I was buy. Just looking now, it looks like it's on here. You can just buy the trilogy, but it doesn't say if it's extended versions. Uh, yeah, are you looking on iTunes? Are you? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily. Yeah, they, say... you, you, they should be an area where you can you can either buy the extended or theatrical, Two hours or you can buy the whole lot together. For the first one. Um, yeah, make make sure you you have to get it standard. Don't don't oh, worry yeah, if you do no, buy the theatrical. That. that would be a so, so. a terrible mistake. Well, there's a Hobbit and Lord of the Rings extended edition six film connection. It's only seventy dollars. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think they right. also do like a split version as well, or they certainly do over here. So I mean, yeah, I, I don't really feel the need for me to get the Hobbit. Um, I well, at the moment anyway, I've got I've got them on Blu-ray already. So um, yeah, I'm not too fussed about that. Yeah, it's very confusing. It doesn't really say which ones are what. Um, Extended editions, there you go. 44 stuff. Your podcast yeah, is Tim browses up. Yeah, so I just, what are you just talking about? I was like, oh, let's have a look, because maybe we'll just buy it. Let's um, numbers plummet. Well, I haven't actually got, I don't know if I've got Apple TV as an app on my TV. I don't know if it's, it's I have to yeah, check that's, to see if I've that, got I have it, to say so. that, that is a pretty good thing about Otherwise the Samsung. I'd have to buy the box, so. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty handy having it right there. Just your whole kind of film collection, just at the push of a button. Yeah. Pretty handy. That's um, tempting. <laughs> thank you, Megacorp. Megacorp. <laughs> oh, good old <laughs> Apple. Yeah, God. It's um, yeah, it just works. I'm um, for me, Apple Music as well. It's so good. I mean, it's just, pff, yeah, it's great. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. No, it does. It does the trick. Um, and like I said, I think we were talking about it the other day. They seem to be throwing out a lot of cheap movie deals on on um, iTunes at the moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I picked up. I picked up like a 10 film collection of uh, classics for, for 15 quid, which has got like Taxi Driver, Bridge on the River Kwai, um, Gandhi. Uh, God, it's got, it's got loads of classics in the Easy Rider and yeah, all for 15 quid. And some of those are 4K as well. Um, so yeah, I watched Bridge over, over the River, River Kwai the other day, which is a good a good film yeah i've not watched that in fucking years man god it's um yeah no time. that's that, i mean that you can't get wrong 15 quid for, for those films it's like it's nothing really yeah. um god you can get matrix oh, and it's got lawrence for, of arabia on there as well which probably has a cultural warning on it yeah. yeah probably you can get the matrix in 4k full dolby vision dolby atmos all that 7.99 yeah can't go wrong it's fucking amazing it's still a great film they're making matrix 4 aren't they yeah yeah i think keanu reeves is a resurgence in movies recently it's like yes that's going to be cool it's basically john wick I with, hope the, with the matrix so. yeah <laughs> i am a little bit worried but then again you know they already screwed up two and three so i didn't mind two because I, I like the action I, although two yeah i was gonna say two i actually quite like three is yeah. awful yeah i think um three yeah it's, it's yeah, a bit confusing. But yeah, I think with four, maybe they'll just reset it after two or something. <laughs> I don't know what they'll do, but because um, obviously yeah. he'll be, they're obviously Keanu Reeves is in it, so um, I don't know how they're going to quite do that. But um, 
But yeah. with the Matrix, yeah. it just seemed like no one really knew what the fuck was going on anyway. So it was like, well, who knows? You can do whatever who knows? Want, so. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, the other big one that I'm, I'm still looking forward to and hope will be good is um, Avatar 2, etc. Yes. Which yes. I, I think they're still moving forward <laughs> with and filming New Zealand. Mm. Yeah, I've been seeing a few little on-set shots and all this cool underwater shit they're planning on doing all this stuff. So, yeah, that seems like it's going to be pretty cool. Um, I, hope it's, I hope it's going to be good. That, that'll be one to see. If cinemas reopen on on IMAX, yeah. But the trouble is, I found by having a really good TV, when you go into the cinema, you just like, oh, because the blacks just aren't as good. So you you kind of like you get the obviously the scale and stuff really nicely, and obviously the audio. But then the picture quality, you just think, oh, well, I want a I want a massive cinema screen size OLED screen. That's what I want. That would be amazing. But. I'm sure. I'm sure you both have that. I think the sheer heat coming off that thing, you'd end up getting a tan or something, or you wouldn't be able to sit that close to it because you'd get like, I don't know, some sort of awful radiation or I don't know what. But does your TV <laughs> get quite hot? Not really, but I think once you get in that size, I think it probably would produce a bit of heat. Like it's, um, huh. it's uh, they do produce a bit of heat, but it's not too bad. But um, once you go into that size, I don't know. Maybe. But Interesting. Anyway, yeah. But, but yeah, that's the only thing I find with cinema now. Once you get a really good screen and you, you see what the picture quality should be like and the levels of blacks and the contrast and all that stuff. Like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to go back to the cinema. I, I haven't been to the cinema since February. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and yeah, been a while. Uh, the, last thing, the last thing we saw at cinema was Parasite. Oh, okay. Um, I was which, is, which is really good. Yeah, I need to watch um, Yeah, yeah, it's a really good movie. Um but yeah, I, I really miss it. I mean, I I used to go to the cinema, you know, we used to go a fair amount. And, and you know, I in the past, I've been to the cinema on my own a fair bit as well for things that I wanted to see and no one else did. Yeah. And I've, I always enjoy it. And yeah, I go with my a, mate all know, the time. Shit like, multiplex. Yeah, we're normally every six weeks or so, there's some decent movie and we'll go down and see it on that Sunday morning. Um, and uh, yeah, so we used to do that all the time. But yeah, now it's like, well, yeah. We were going to go and do Tenet, but we just thought better of it in the end. It was just still a bit. Covid was knocking around a bit still over here. Although now it's yeah. still, now it's back again. But, um, yeah, I mean, I I, was, I really want to see Wonder Woman, um, nineteen eighty four, yeah. but uh, I can't see myself. Well, for a start, there's no cinema near us. It's open. Yeah, okay. but I can't see us being comfortable with that. You know, just for the time being. Mm. Um, just, just I just hope we can get vaccinated as soon as possible. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's going to be a while before the average person can get it. I suppose I don't quite know what the rollout's like for you, but yeah, there's no I think that's, starting that's the, March, the so. kind of slightly depressing thing. Is like we, we've got to the end of 2020, which you know, by all by all metrics, is a pretty dumpster fire of a year. Well, we're not quite there yet, first, mate, isn't it? Got, and, uh... and I think a lot of people are like, oh, it'll all be fine in 2021, but it's like no. it's going to be a while before things get back to any kind of normality. It's, I think it's going to be at least six months. I mean, they're, they're saying. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> our glorious leader is saying that that everything will be fine by by Easter, but yeah, I think that is that's think ambitious. That's it, man. Yeah. To get to get that many people vaccinated in that space of time is going to be difficult. Yeah. But then, what about the people that have it? If because how does that work with the vaccine? You can't just give it to them and then magically they're better again. I guess. Is no, well, the vaccine's not going to cure someone if they've got it. Yeah. Um, you know, like if you've had the illness, in theory, you've developed antibodies to it. Um, but one thing they are saying is that the vaccines are able to provide 
longer protection than even natural infection because the way vaccines work they they they're combined with what they call adjuvants so they, they basically boost your immune system at the same time as, as um, presenting you with the antigen so you get a better immune response from vaccines normally than you do from natural infection um, so basically if you've if you've had covid then you will have degree of protection from it for x amount of time however long that immunity lasts for yeah. and if you have a vaccine it will be neither here nor there it might just extend your your immunity time um if you've got it and you're ill with it give me a vaccine won't make you better yeah. because you're just yeah you've got it already basically um but yeah the vaccines in theory should provide you with better immunity than than getting covid um long term so Hopefully. yeah it's just a question of you know getting them rolled out and the Oxford vaccine, which will, which is easier to store and easier to produce, that's that type of vaccine is basically going to be the one that that is probably rolled out globally um, to it's try and get today. as many people vaccinated as possible. But it, but it's just the logistical challenge, you know. They've got to set up, you know, sort of stadiums and conference centres to do mass vaccination and give give everyone a time slot that they can go in and get it done. I had, I had a text message from my local GP practice yesterday saying, please stop phoning the clinic and asking about vaccines. Oh, we'll contact you when you're when we're ready to give it to you. Yeah, and yeah they, they have to do a you know a mass text send to all their patients to tell them to just wait. Jesus, yeah. Well, that's it's good. That, I guess that's good that people are asking though, because it makes it seems that people want it. Which is good, and people are desperate than, to get know. back to normal. I think I think we get to the point where you cancel Christmas. People are like, "Yeah, actually, <laughs> just let's get, let's get out of this this hell situation." Yeah, um, you know, not the least of which all the people that have you know lost their jobs and furloughed and redundant. And it is a it is a nightmare. Yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. But I think you're right. It's probably more likely six months. I mean, it's just annoying with Australia because it was looking like we were so almost clear of it. And then, you know, bubbles were opening up with New Zealand. They're about to do a proper bubble so that we could travel between here and there. And then that's obviously gone to shit now anyway. So it's just... It's, yeah. It's, it's a crap disease. Friends, and so. like this this new variant that's more virulent, you know, it's, it, it's a shit disease. And, and I... I find it astonishing, like the, the different responses around the world and, and how it's been dealt with and how it's been dealt with quite well in some places and quite badly in other places. And yeah, it's um, there's a lot of learnings to be made from it. Not all of them good, i.e. if you're China and you run a totalitarian state, you can control the, <laughs> you can control disease spread, which is a bit scary yeah. um, because you can basically tell people what to do. Whereas you can't do that in, in inverted commas, you know, free countries. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Or you can be an island in the middle of the Pacific or a couple of islands in the middle of the Pacific and able to shut your borders relatively easily and do quite well. Well, that's it. I think, yeah, I think probably New Zealand's done the best out of it in terms of a big country that's... Yeah, I mean, it's, they're, they're, what they've done has been incredible, really, but... But they are blessed with geography, you know, like they, New Zealand has been essentially largely self-sufficient in terms of things like food production, because it has to be just from where it is. So they're not relying on import and export like most countries do. And that, that's that been, the, you know, the big problem here. Like they, they literally, 
you're seeing it at the moment, France has closed its border and Germany's closed its border with the, with the UK in the last couple of days. And it is chaos, chaos. And it's only a matter of time before people start, you know, running out of food and stuff in the supermarkets. They're trying desperately to sort of say that everything's going to be fine. But the reality is, is that we get so much food from, from the continent. Um, not the least, <laughs> not, not even going down the, the fact that Brexit's about to happen. Uh, yeah, well, that's the whole oh, thing what, as well. That's what a like, disaster. Yeah. yeah. What a disaster. But, yeah, it's... Um, no, I think New Zealand has been the place to be. As if, you're, if you've got a decent, stable job in New Zealand at the moment, yeah, you're, yeah. you're laughing. Yeah, part of me was tempted to think, oh, should I just move to New Zealand and go and live in a fucking small town or whether it's just a better environment to be in at the moment i don't know it might it might do your head in having done that myself <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I, I, think I quite like it i mean i'm already going a bit mad even here i mean it's like it's still it's weird in terms of i guess as long as you've got a decent internet connection which <laughs> last time in new zealand isn't cheap if you're in rural new zealand yeah well supposedly they you know they're rolling fiber out across the whole country so i don't know how far that's come along but um so it should i think it's all right if you're in the cities i think if you're in the rural area it's a it's a bit of a struggle still the same in the uk i mean yeah yeah. australia is weird it's like some places got fiber straight away when they were rolling out fiber everywhere then they changed their mind and kind of fucked it all up but the lucky small towns in rural areas got this incredible internet connection because they started to go rural areas and then into cities and do that and then it will change so it's weird like someone in a city could have much worse internet than someone in some random town like yeah because you, know, you, you had terrible internet for ages didn't you in sydney i remember like for well was for quite right. a long time you had you had really expensive very very poor internet connection yeah, and I mean, a few I mean, years ago. once I was in the the vegan house, it was okay because we got we got like on the Telstra fiber connection, which is their own internal fiber system. So that was really yeah. fast, and now we are on everyone's on MBN because they had to do it, um, and that's okay in places, but not great. But then they've since announced all this five G stuff, so you can actually just get a box that you just plug into the power socket, and that's it, and it just picks up the five G signal, and you get faster than fiber. Um, but doesn't doesn't that give you COVID though? Well, maybe yeah, it could do. It could well do. <laughs> um, it's just funny because the the government basically forced all these um, uh, telco companies that everyone had to go on the MBN. It was like this like government pushed thing, so you you had no choice if you want internet, you've got to go on the MBN. But now because of this five G thing that isn't part of the deal so all these other companies are offering this 5g stuff and just taking all the business away from the nbn so the nbn are fucked <laughs> like they're like oh god all our business is going because like we've done such a shit job rolling this out and now everyone's going to just go 5g so uh, whether that it's still a bit early for that but it's it's interesting to see how it, i mean I, I was involved in the rollout of all the um uh uh, the design stuff and how it was all working and we kind of saw it all just implode really? what from a from a graphics point of view yeah 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 we worked on all of it and then we literally we rolled it all out it all got sent. it was a two-year project we did the whole thing it was all the process about what happens everyone's getting fiber you get this special box it plugs in here this is how you do it this is the setup all this kind of information stuff and all these different things and how it was going to work if you couldn't get mbn you get a satellite connection mbn all this kind of stuff and then the government's changed this moron came in turnbull who who had no idea about technology decided that no one needed fiber 
it could all just be fiber and copper and uh, that it would be cheaper to do it this way and it would be cost too much to go all fiber so they changed it all halfway through so they then had to redo all the this big two-year project to roll out all the information that all got thrown away and redone by someone else we didn't take on the job in the end it was too much fucking hassle so we just ditched them off and then meanwhile in china mate and then they did it (laughs) and they decided all this thing we're going to go fiber everywhere then copper to the houses from a central node in each street or in each area they spent so much on copper they still won't tell everyone how much they spent on new copper because they realized the old copper lines were shit so they had to replace all the copper they've spent probably three times as much than it would have cost just to put fiber in everywhere and now they've realized that they fucked up and that copper isn't going to handle it so they've got to go fiber anyway it's just the Brilliant. biggest fuck up really. and they, they it's, it's just, not just our government that's completely oh, mate, incompetent it's, it's just morons who didn't understand and there's a there's an exponential speed increase you get from everyone being on fiber which they didn't get so if you're all on fiber there's no slowdown across the network so you get these like mental exponential speed increases it's just crazy how it works just because of how wow, fiber optics sounds, work it's yeah, mad. It's like, beyond my understanding it's fully it's full geek man it's awesome so um yeah so they didn't get that and they're like oh uh, people only need 25 meg connections and all this bullshit and it's like what are you talking about mate i get 100 and i need more than that it's like it's yeah it's yeah, it, it's frustrating and infuriating and all those words yeah right they figured it out at last that they do need to go fiber everywhere so we're about five years behind schedule where we would have been if they'd just done it properly in the first place and a huge amount over budget but never mind the guys who sold them all the copper are laughing though they made so much money <laughs> there's always there's always someone that makes a lot of money in oh, these yeah, kind of things oh, and big time. like even even this global pandemic this there's obviously companies that have done incredibly well out of it and and it's like it's the same thing with the brexit thing you know like one of the reasons that certain people have pushed it so hard is that they're going to make a lot of money out of it you know there's always money to be made in in turmoil and yeah it's, it's sad to see um again it comes full circle back around to that conversation we had about the people that make the hyper hyper profits and and the lifestyles they lead and the kind of people they are it's uh god i sound really socialist don't i um i'm more liberal normally <laughs> honestly <laughs> but honestly. yeah it, it's um it all it all links together doesn't it like I think that's the fascinating thing with all our chat, you know, whether it's, you know, media or current affairs, it's all, all these things are all interlinked. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, there's always one connection that goes to another. I think that's, that's probably a lot of the reason why our conversations bounce around all over the place is that, yeah, it's spider webs, doesn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Let's see what 2021 brings. Yeah, it can only get better. Theoretically, it'll get much worse and we'll get hit by a meteor or something. Or the vaccine will be a complete fuck-up. COVID will will breed with, I don't know, some other hideous virus. COVID will mutate with the virus, with another virus and the vaccine, and we'll all turn into zombies. And uh, we'll go full Mad Max, which I am also prepared for, so... um, yeah. If you've selected your zombie killing weapon, yeah, I have I a pickaxe handle. I have a pickaxe handle. I have all my cooking knives, which are routinely kept as sharp as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, the only next step would be to uh, go Mad Max style with the uh, with my car and just put some armor plating and some uh, yeah. some of those spinny swords on the wheels and shit. What do you call them? Um, yeah, sounds good. I've got yeah. I've got a couple of cooking knives. I've got my axe. 
And I've also got one of the, one of the things I really like the look of for a zombie killing thing is, you know, like a, a herb chopper. Have you have you got one of them, like a herb block, like oh, a yeah. curved hand blade? Oh yeah, yeah. Like you, mm, you seen that? Good. So, yeah. yeah, I've got one of them, which I think will be uh, pretty handy I think in I've the got uh, enough edged, edged weapons in the apocalypse. I've got, I've got um, yeah, I've basically got a half length fucking samurai sword, which is just. Uh, Tending to be a kitchen knife. <laughs> so, yeah. I need it to chop carrots. Yeah, honest. basically, mate, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's like it's a good. Um, it's a two hundred and forty millimeter blade with an obviously a handle on that. So it's a good like I don't know forty centimeters long thing that you can hold. That's basically a ridiculously sharp weapon made out of pretty much the same metal they use for proper katanas as well it's a real high-end um blue steel wow. so it's yeah it's mental most enjoyable most enjoyable thing um yeah, so um Brilliant. i was going to tell you quickly there's a good youtube channel called by a guy called matt jones who's a mountain biker he does like uh okay. downhill things and tricks and cool stuff but he's got a really cool mountain bike channel where he's just like builds up cool bikes and takes them down and onto various places around wales and all around the world um, so anyone who's into just watching some nice content, and he seems like a really cool guy. He's got like a twin brother, and you might have even heard of him. He seems quite well known in terms of in the mountain biking world. But um, okay. it's well worth checking out. It's really cool. I, I found about it because I was looking into getting a new bike, maybe a new hardtail, and he's developed this thing with Marin um, called the San yeah. Quentin Three, and it's a really beautiful hardtail bike, and um, it's uh, he loves hardtails as well, so. He kind of buys it, he gets it for free because he basically helped develop it in all the geometry of it and stuff. And then he upgrades all the parts on it and put like Olin's forks on it and all this cool shit. And yeah, cool. it's kind of really Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get back into biking a bit next year. Hopefully yeah, I mean, I've been out all the time, so it's kind of, I'm back in the mountain bike vibe at the moment because I'm cycling yeah. every day and stuff. Yeah, I need, so. to, uh, I need to try and find a bit more time to do that. Hopefully we can... Uh, make that happen next year we shall see yeah yeah fingers crossed but i might have to yeah, yeah. get myself doing some actual trails and stuff maybe we'll see how that goes yeah and do it mm. nice there's some lovely stuff dave's been doing some incredible stuff down in melbourne mm. yeah yeah i don't know what there is around here there's like i don't think there's a huge amount right in sydney or around but i think no it'd be, it'd be in, in the blue mountains there'd be loads i would have thought yeah i need to look into it i mean the manly dam stuff is kind of quite good apparently um there's a whole thing around there but that's obviously in lockdown at the moment so I can't do yeah that, but um, yeah so it's uh yeah quite cool but yeah matt jones is his uh youtube channel it's it's um it's well worth checking out for everyone because it's, it's actually really good content, really entertaining and just cool GoPro footage going down these incredible runs in like in the Alps and in Whistler and all around England and Wales and just all this cool shit, man. It's, it's really cool. Nice. So, nice. Well, I'll check it out. It's a moment jealous. Gadgetry, geeky bike stuff and gets it all yeah. free basically because he's sponsored by lots of people by Red Bull and stuff. So like a Marin, he's a, he's a Marin rider and all this sort of shit. So it's, yeah, um, sounds cool. Yeah. Sounds cool. Out, so. um, right. Well, I think I, I better. Yeah. I've got to cook dinner. It's quarter to eight. Yeah. So I've, I've got to eat something. I've not really, I don't think I've yeah. today somehow. I don't know how that's happened. But um, that's been fun. Let's, let's try and not leave it seven months. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, this, this worked really well. So if, if you do end up with an hour in the morning or, a bit of time on the weekend we can do it really last minute um so and it, actually even over the next few weeks um 
if you're in lockdown anyway and you fancy a little chat just i'm I'm literally at home working the whole time so i'm and i've got a few days yeah, off cool. so i'll be about so yeah well well have a have a very happy christmas yes and, yes uh, to you and to everybody happy new year yeah. for 20 2021 it's it's all gonna be fine things can only get better yeah, yeah, it's all going to be fine, hopefully. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, yeah, cheers, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll be back with another episode soon. So, yes, thank you very much. Goodbye.